to um, I'm a part of the Women's Veteran uh, United Committee group, and they are very much open to having transgender uh, female soldiers, uh, veterans, you know, and all that. So I don't know if you possibly might be interested, but they definitely want to help the you know female uh, veteran soldiers uh, that are trans and everything else. So I'm actually the um, director for the LG actually the director for transgender. So uh, anything we can do in support, uh, Dr. Fisher, she's just awesome. So um, definitely. Okay, well, let's let's connect uh, another time on that. Sure, what's your number? Wait, 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 no, no, Karen, we're live. So oh, okay. <laughs> let's not give Bree's number to the world. Okay. <laughs> We'll make sure you connect later. So, okay. Brie, as you'll see, um, Karen's been on the show. Well, you both have been on the show many times. Karen's been on so many times. I don't even try to do a bio for her because every time she lists something else that she is in charge of. So it's it's um it, I could just have the screen run with the things. <laughs> you should just have a running ticker that adds a line or two. Yeah, <laughs> I need to yeah. really update my uh resume now because as of last week i'm on the cover of an international magazine called the platform magazine so i need to add that to uh my uh, resume now so you i am in awe of both of you and what you accomplish i feel like every time i turn around it's like some other amazing thing is happening and thank well, so first of all, thank you so much for taking the time on to come and chat with us tonight. I got to open up the chat and see who's with us. Welcome, everybody. It's Trans Tuesday. Um, you haven't seen us in a while, <laughs> or you haven't seen me, you may have seen us. Um, so excited. As I always say, this is my absolute favorite night of the week. Let's see if we are live and ticking. Here we go. Oh, we've got some comments coming in already. Um, Desiree, Michaela, Georgette, Diane Crow, and Louise Richardson all say hello. Hi, ladies. Welcome. Hi, ladies. <laughs> Welcome to the chat tonight. Uh, so we have a very exciting episode planned. I am Cassandra Storm, your host, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And tonight we're joined by two incredible trans advocates who truly need no introduction in this community. Um, they have both been on the show multiple times. They have both have been interviewed and shared their journey of authenticity as Sisters of the Month. Uh, so welcome, Karen Kendra Holmes and Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, for those of you who joined us like a month ago and you saw the epic crash of, of my computer. <laughs> Karen was supposed to be on a month ago. So late, these ladies have agreed to share the space this evening. And since everything that they do and everything they're here to talk about tonight is all really about service. Uh, it's an acts of service evening and we thought it went really well. So thank you. We're going to kind of squeeze in a lot of information, but I know you know, you've seen these ladies each on the show multiple times, you know, they'll be back to talk some more. Uh, so for anybody out there who is joining us for the very, very first time, welcome. My Feminine Heart is a membership club with a private online community and an interactive show online just like this on Tuesday nights called Trans Tuesday. So uh, tonight we are streaming directly to our public Facebook page, Facebook Live. And we welcome live comments and questions in the Facebook chat as we discuss Karen's Butterfly Project and Bree's new book with honor and, and integrity, Transgender Troops in Their Own Words. So we're gonna kind of talk about uh, Karen's stuff for the first half of the evening and Bree's for the next half. So Karen, beginning with you, as I was saying when we were coming on, you know, you've been on the show so many times, you are a founding club member, your interview, if anyone would like to see either of these ladies interviews, go to myfeminineheart.com and um, under the show Transition Journeys, you'll find both their stories there that you can watch as a club member or listen to for free. So Karen, um, like I've said, your laundry list of ways that you serve and the ways that you volunteer is so incredible. I feel like I could never do your bio proper justice. Would you mind sharing 
kind of the, the world of Karen Kendra Holmes with our audience, anybody who's new to you this evening? Um, <clears throat> I don't want to, you know, it's, it's funny because doing that, I just, you know, I'm trying to stay humble. And I always pray about that all the time that God just keeps me humble about everything. And it's just wonderful the way he's taken me through this journey. Um, as far as with volunteering, I, I just basically tell people I've been infected with a virus and it's called volunteering. And um, I just constantly want to keep doing that. And a lot of times I just can't say no. I wish I could. Um, I used to have a coworker who actually kept me accountable. I would say, hey, somebody else has asked me to do this. What do you think? And then we would go through a series of questions and either I had to give up something in order to take on something new. And it all depends on how long that volunteering part was going to take in my life. So anyway, um, to get to the meat of everything, um, I have been helping since 2019 um, out there. A couple of the girls in Fairmont Heights, Maryland were murdered. And the third district commander had contacted me and said um, if I wanted to help in any way, uh, help the sex workers get off the street. The uh, commander said, look, I'm tired of having my officers push the girls over to the D.C. side of the street. D.C. would come by and push them back over to Maryland, and she would push them back to D.C. They would push her back to Maryland. She says, I'm tired of playing ping pong with these girls, and if I lock them up, they're just going to come back out on the street anyway. And so um, I said, sure, I'll go out there and I'll do a ride along with the officers every two weeks and see if I can meet the girls out there and see if there's anything we can do to help them get off the streets. A lot of them said they needed jobs, they needed a home and so on. So basically I started a coalition in Prince George's County called the Prince George's County Trans Coalition. And this past June, the end of June, uh, was Pride Month, and they did a reflame for the two girls that were murdered. Um, and then basically, the Greenbelt Library said that they wanted to help in any way that they could, and they got in touch with the Fairmont Heights Library, and they the two got together, and they came up through the inspiration of me trying to do what I was going to do as far as resume building, uh, role playing across the table with these girls and also dress for success. And the uh, library said, we're going to call it the Butterfly Project. And we're going to also add in mentoring these girls, also uh, helping them with computers, um, how to work it and stuff, uh, have a monthly meeting, luncheon, so that the girls can meet up with their mentors and kind of keep things going that way. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. So um, we actually introduced the Butterfly Project last month uh, for Transgender Day of Remembrance, and we're putting flyers up and around in the area of Fairmont Heights. And what we want to do is uh, actually launch it hopefully next week. Uh, I think we're going to be able to do it. We're having a little bit of an issue because of COVID, but we look like we're going to be able to do the at the Fairmont Heights location. So if anybody's in that area, whether it's D.C. or Maryland, please come um, to the Fairmont Heights Library and join in. And if you need to help, we're going to be able to provide this kind of skills for you uh, to be able to be successful, get off the streets, hopefully get a job that's going to give you benefits. Because, you know, we don't want to see you getting the uh, your medication and all that kind of stuff off the Internet. We want you to get to meet doctors and stuff like that so we actually have a doctor who wants to be involved as well some of you might know her her name is deb dunup at chase braxton um in columbia so she's going to be a part of this as well and we just really want to connect your safety out there on the streets to get you off the streets and then we're also trying to do this because the community is tired of seeing condoms all over their neighborhood and stuff like that. And we don't want any more girls murdered, but there was number 47 that was in, um, uh, I can't remember, it's oh, Suitland, Merlin. And so it's still going on. And so we want to give these girls some other skills to be able to get off the streets and, and live a life that's worthy of being at a job and stuff like that. So if anybody's out there that's willing to, to take on these girls 
you know, they're going to go through our program where we're going to try to do as much training as we can. But yes, we want to hand them over to some business that's going to be able to hire these girls so they, they can get off the streets. Um, so my whole idea about the Butterfly Project, we're going to start it off in Fairmont Heights because that's where it all started for us here. And once we get them all going, um, because I want to take this in baby steps, I don't want to jump in with this program into the ocean. I want to do it in the baby pool. And then from there, we'll take them on the rest of Prince George's County, the rest of Maryland, and then go into D.C. and Virginia. And if things keep going well from the story that we're telling everybody out there, because we're getting a lot of people to say, hey, I want to sign up and help you out with resume billing, you know, the girls. I want to sign up the role play. I want to do this for mentoring uh, Dress for Success. If this program goes the way I envision it, this program, we're going to take it national. I've already got somebody who wants to do it in Portland, Oregon, when I was out there talking with uh, the police department out there on bridging the gap between the transgender community and law enforcement. So that's that. Um, DC said that they want to get involved as well. So it's getting the word around and we need the support of other girls out there who could be mentors for these girls. I mean, I want you and we need your help. Um, it's not my program. It's something that we're doing collective through the coalition and um, we want your support. And if you can help out um, with mentoring and all that kind of stuff or financially if you can't uh do the mentor part we could always use your money there to keep this program going and we're looking for i think i have somebody who can do a grant writing um who's done one for two million dollars and also somebody else who i just talked to today uh has done 1.5 million so we're getting it together and we could use all the help as possible so anybody who um, has seen Karen come on the show the last two years, this was a project, it didn't even have a name that you were doing before COVID. Basically you were riding around in squad cars with the police pulling up and you would be the person to go out and approach the, the women. Right. Um, you know, and this is, this is such a timely uh, month to be discussing this. You know, we just had Transgender Day of Remembrance you know, it, it weighs so heavy on us, what is happening out there, losing so many lives. It's so heartbreaking. You know, we, we've all seen the news stories where uh, people are transitioning, they lose their jobs, they lose their families, they lose their livelihood. Uh, you know, they end up having to work the streets. There's problems with addiction, just, you know, it's, it's a heartbreaking cycle that, mm -hmm. You know, it was a it was an amazing thing that you had started, and then was so heartbreaking to have to see it go on pause when we locked down and went into COVID. And you know, one of the things that we discussed, my gosh, like a year and a half ago, was the hope that there would be like a day that we could bring some people down from my feminine heart, some of our experts, and we could volunteer with the gals. What I love is this new development where you're working with the library system because you wouldn't automatically think. Oh, the libraries want to help get people off the streets, but, um, right. you know, they often are working with the homeless population because there's often nowhere else for the homeless to go during the day, but the library and you do have computer labs. And so you do have a, a way to start kind of skill center introduction work with these gals. Do you see, um, ladies in need? going individually one at a time to get assistance or will all this be done you know on like a Saturday or a day a month that you bring volunteers together what's the what's that logistical part of the plan well we're still ironing out the last little part of it but we want to get the girls to come to the library system through the library system but the first place is going to be at Fairmont Heights and we're also the money that we're raising we're also going to try to help the girls maybe with a card or something to be able to take transportation to get to the location as well as our mentors we want to be able to give them you know some kind of you know gift card you know for doing the time with these girls you know a, a lot of times you know i've heard the first thing come out is what am i getting out of it what are, what are 
am I getting paid for this? And, and the thing is, it's not so much to look at that. We're looking at trying to save lives and in our own community. And so that's what I'm hoping the vision will be through, through the mentors, but we're going to also try to, you know, give them, like I said, something to accommodate them to come in and mentor these girls. And, and that's going to be the, the big part is getting the word. So myself and um, Rebecca Oxley, who is with the uh, Prince George's County Memorial Library System, we're going to be putting up flyers. I've already got some flyers out there on Eastern Avenue in Fairmont Heights, but we want to hit some more areas. Um, and if anybody's out there that would like to in D.C. and Virginia that does don't mind coming to Fairmont Heights, you know, send me a message um, at kkhomes at kkhomes.com and I can send you uh, a draft of the uh, the uh, flyer that you can put up in and around your area and get these girls to come. And then, like I said, eventually we're going to be expanding this thing out. So I love that you're coming in where you're still building your foundation, your building blocks. So if there's anybody out there that I mean, I don't know about a lot of other people. I know that I scaled back my volunteering during COVID, mm -hmm. just not going out and interacting and um, and working my way back now. So if there's anybody else who, uh, you know, kind of stepped back and hunkered down at home, wants to get back out and get involved, this sounds like an opportunity to be part of your committee on the ground level, be part of the people creating the structure and how the operations of this is going to flow. And I mean, I just, I just think it's phenomenal. I, I appreciate your heart very much. And, you know, it takes a lot of guts to drive up to people on the street in the middle of the night. Uh, but it's, you know, not a lot of people can do that. And it's amazing that you are. And hopefully this is something that will make quite an impact to stop what is happening out there. And I can't well, wait to see it go national. <laughs> well, yeah, me too. Um, the one thing I want everybody to keep in mind, Fairmont Heights is starting, you know, with the Butterfly Project. We want to be the model to let this thing go national. Um, my key is, Obviously, when I got the coalition together in Prince George's County, I went to one particular organization that knew another organization that knew another organization in Prince George's County. So from that, we're going to go, like I said, in D.C. and Merrill, Virginia. I want to be able to pull leaders in those areas to do the replica of what we're doing here in Prince George's County to say, hey, I've got leaders I know of in this Prince George, I mean, Virginia and D.C., so I want to use them to start their coalition in that area and then just report up to us because, like I said, we're going to be the model that's going to take this thing national. Because I don't know some of the leaders in D.C. or Virginia that can handle a program like this, and that's what I'm looking to do as well. So if you're one of those leaders that's watching today, here again, send me an email uh, on the subject line, put Butterfly Project, and uh, we'll, we want to connect with you. Um, but we're going to be doing this all through the library system. That's the, the genius thing to do because they have access to be able to connect to all the libraries in the country. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. In fact, it's funny. Um, so one of our very active sisters, Bronwyn Drew, is a librarian up in Rome, New York. And she literally just wrote, librarians have superpowers. So I know that you've got <laughs> club members in the library system who I'm sure would be happy to kind of help you with this. And that's what's so phenomenal. I go through our club member list of sisters and I don't know if we have anybody who doesn't volunteer or participate in one way or another. Um, it's just, I love watching everybody do their part and follow their passion to change the world. Karen, let's share your contact information one more time. And uh, so if anybody wants to participate with this and get in on the ground floor, uh, they can reach out to you. Okay. So again, um, my email address is kkhomes at kkhomes.com. And just like I said, on the subject line, put the butterfly project. And if you want to make a donation, if you don't have the time, uh, you can make a donation by because I'm trying to stay transparent as much as possible for the listeners out there. I don't want 
things written out or check or anything in my name, you're going to be putting it out to PGCMLS Foundation. And then on the, on the memo line, you're going to put the Butterfly Project. And then you're going to send that check to the Greenbelt Branch Library at 11 Crescent Road. That's C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T Road in Greenbelt, Maryland, 20770. So again, that is going to be the check made out to PGCMLS Foundation. And any little bit can help. I'm trying to see if they can do uh, a GoFundMe page. Um, but they're having some logistical possibilities that, that may or may not work. Um, and here again, I'm trying to stay transparent. I don't want to do it under my name for GoFundMe. But um, we're trying to do this as best as possible to get what we can get in to help these girls um, get off the street and, and be safe again. Well, and I commend you for having an idea and just going for it and just, you know, building at a time. Sometimes people have an idea and it's really hard for them to take that first step or they get stuck forever in the planning stage and they can't continue to move forward. So, you know, your, your call out to get some starter funds, get some starter volunteers, get this started with your model program, I think is a phenomenal idea. And thank you for spelling everything out. If you don't mind, um, sure. when I'm chatting with Brie, cop, like paste all that into the comment section of our Facebook page too. But it's great because we have so many people who tune in and just listen to the podcast. Um, so that way we can have everybody see, read or hear it. And uh, thank you so much. And please stick with us, but we're going to switch over and talk to Brie because we're so excited to hear about what is happening in her life. Um, so some multiple things have happened. Not only have you written a book since you were last on the show, I think we um, interviewed you last January. Last Yes, you were our first interview of the year, beginning of season two. I remember now. Um, so you haven't just written a book, you've also joined the Space Force. Yeah, there's certainly been a lot that's happened since January, uh, graduating from uh, grad school again, uh, <laughs> getting the book published, uh, moving to DC from, from Newport, or at least to, to Northern Virginia, uh, and then also uh, recommissioning into the Space Force at the beginning of August. So it's been a pretty wild ride with a, a lot going on and and plenty to do here coming into a, a new organization at the Pentagon, uh, getting restructured immediately. Uh, so uh, wild stuff going on, but the, the big news really is the book releasing on November 9th. And it's so awesome to have these stories out there in the world for people to take a look at and, and learn a little bit from. Bree, this is so exciting. Can you tell us, you know, where did this idea come from and how long have you been working on it? So the idea actually came from my co-editor on the book. Uh, Mel Emser Herbert is a professor of sociology at Hamlin University in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, and they interviewed me on a project uh, several years ago. Uh, and then after that, they, they went to a film festival, saw some things about uh, what had been going on recently with, with trans military service uh, and had the idea of wanting to tell some of these stories, but not in an academic way, uh, rather than having people perceived through a sociologist gaze, like let's, let's come up with a way to tell these stories in people's own words. Um, and Mel reached out to me uh, as someone they were familiar with in the trans military community, uh, asked me to be their partner on this. And from there, it's actually been a three-year journey uh, that we've been on. They actually reached out to me first um, earlier this month, three years ago, uh, and then we got our book published just this last or this current month. So a long journey. A lot has happened in the three years since we've started. Uh, but now the fact that we have a published book out there with 26 different stories from transgender service members and veterans, along with the history of transgender military service in this country and the fight to get open service uh, is amazing. And it's opening a lot of doors for us to tell these stories. Free, that's phenomenal. And I believe that we have some club members who have even been in your book. We've you, got a comment. You have more than one uh, <laughs> book, which is amazing. 
Uh, we've got uh, we've got Miranda Jones, who's noticing what I'm noticing too, which is a nice stack of books behind you. Um, so I'm wondering, I know one of our members said, I think she has one of your signed copies, Bronwyn, if that's correct, because she had already been telling me, our token librarian, um, that she has been enjoying your book very much. Are there still opportunities to get a signed copy? Do you have any special events, signing events? book talks launches coming up? Well, I'm sure things will pop up. The only big event coming up that, that I'll be at where I'm sure I'll have plenty of books available uh, is the Keystone Conference. Uh, I'll be speaking there and, and have some books available. Uh, I can share a link later in the chat. Uh, if people do want to get a signed copy from me, just fill out a, a Google form uh, and, and I can get you signed copies. But I think uh, another great way to get the book is your local bookstore. Uh, awesome to support a, a small business in, in what they do uh, and, and ask for the book, but you can find it anywhere books are sold. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, or you can go right to the publisher, uh, NYU Press. Uh, and if you use the code transtroops30, all one word, uh, you can get it 30% off through the publisher. Uh, but again, I'm happy to get signed copies out, go to your local bookstore or anywhere books are sold. That's really cool. Um, so tell us about the book. I, I know you've got 26 stories and we don't want to give them all away and, and we'd have to be here for a very long time to share everything, but I'm sure you have stories that have run the gamut uh, in, in the topics that you've had. Can you share a little bit about what people can expect or a few favorite or maybe surprising moments? Yeah, I think one of the best things about the book is the breadth of the stories that we have. Not only do we have service members whose service time dates back to the Vietnam era through currently serving members, uh, but we have officers and enlisted. We have all branches of service. We have just about every specialty code you can imagine. So people doing very different things. And because we didn't prompt them to say, hey, you need to write about this particular experience or that particular way of being trans or this or that in the military, you get a really varied collection of stories where some are funny, some are sad, some are poignant, uh, but all of which we hope kind of make you think, why well, these are people I'd like to have a meal with, I'd like to have a conversation or a drink with, and to show you that not only is there no one way to be trans, there's no one way to be trans in the military. And so if someone picks up this book, um, and especially I'm, I'm talking not to the audience that's likely watching this interview, but if we can reach a wider general audience to say, wow, they're human. Uh, there's a connection I can have with them over an aspect of their humanity that maybe has nothing to do with them being trans. Where being trans is just, you know, number seven or eight on their list of, of who they are. Uh, so I, it's really an important way that we can find those connections. Um, and for inside the community, I think it's just a great read. Uh, it's a wonderful collection of stories that are fascinating in so many different ways. Now you're the I, one who's muted. I know. <laughs> I well, for those of you who are friends with me on Facebook, you may have seen that we just got a, a second dog two days ago on our way home from vacation. So I'm muting when I'm not speaking in case there's barking going on in the background. My husband is wrangling them right now like a little circus downstairs. Um, but yes, I, I'm so excited by this. And you know, as, as somebody who started writing a book 10 years ago and has yet to have it published, it's pretty incredible <laughs> to see an idea like this that is so powerful and so poignant and so timely um, really come to fruition. And I can only imagine what it must have taken organizational wise to wrangle 26 different people <laughs> to get their <laughs> work into you. You know, you're not just writing, you're editing, you're coaching. Uh, and I love the idea that you didn't tell them what specifically to write about. So I'm really interested to see when you give a broad topic of what does it mean to be trans in the military? What does that say to different people's hearts and souls? So, oh my goodness, it gives it, me goosebumps. It, it really speaks to uh, the depth of experiences that we have among our trans folks and the power of their stories um, in that they can 
communicate in such vastly different ways, but each of them finds that way to connect. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you because I feel like I see so many projects happening. Uh, are you writing another book already? I feel like I've, I feel like I feel like I was seeing you start another book before this one was even coming out. Am I wrong? Am I going crazy? Uh, no, you are. You are not wrong. While I was at school this year, I wrote uh, an extensive paper on how LGBTQ members of the military develop leadership capacities that the military needs. And they do so in unique ways and often in going through uh, a lot of adversity. Uh, and one of the professors there uh, was really excited about it. Uh, we talked about expanding this, not just to the military, but to the LGBTQ community at large and taking the paper that I wrote and expanding it into a book about the unique ways that LGBTQ folks become leaders, how that's relevant for all of us, how we can take advantage of those skill sets, minimize some of the negatives, and for corporations or the military, uh, really embrace those things so that we are removing some of the barriers that have the negative outcomes for these people who are developing in amazing ways uh, with leadership skills. Uh, and so often there's a flip side of the coin in, in the way we develop uh, for trans folks, LGBTQ folks, you know, coming out is a great example of something that can be real positive, develop you a lot of ways, but can also be a, a challenging and negative experience. Or for those of us that are in the closet, or for many of us who live that way for much of our lives, you know, we develop this hypersensitivity to our surroundings, because you're always looking around with what if I come out to that person? Or if I say this, well, how will they respond? Uh, so you're, you're observing the world around you in a unique way and you get this kind of sense of how are people gonna react? And while that can be a challenge if that's focused inward and you're nervous always, that can also be an amazing leadership quality when you're in a position to read the room, understand who your audience is, how to connect, see how they're reacting and use that uh, as a leader to get to where you need to be with the people you're, you're involved in. So amazing all these things that we're exploring that could be both good or bad uh, for the LGBT community and focus on how do we get the good out of it? I love the way you're always taking things to the next positive level and looking forward. And, you know, we, we missed for anybody who is, you know, watching you for the first time, sharing a little bit of your bio. Are you still president of Sparta? Uh, I am. And like Karen let off with, it's, it's always hard to recite a bio because you know, I see someone else say this because I feel like an ass saying it about myself. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, still active duty lieutenant colonel in the United States Space Force, uh, president of Sparta, which is a transgender military advocacy organization, um, added author and a, and a couple other things. I lead the uh, LGBTQ initiatives team, uh, trans policy effort for the Department of the Air Force. Uh, so how do we make our policies within the service for Air Force and, and Space Force members better uh, so that we can basically enable career success uh, for our, our airmen and guardians. Uh, so plenty going on in addition to, you know, those the most important jobs of being a wife and a parent uh, at, at home. Uh, so yeah, a lot going on. Well, and so with your background, you are, you know, somebody who is interviewed on, you know, national, international TV, uh, explaining transgender politics, the military, and, and how those flow together. We do have a, a question um, from Louise Richardson. So she wrote, there was a break in the Trump administration when trans people were banned from the military. How long did it take to reestablish the trans presence. Can you speak to that? So there was a formal ban in place of transgender service members where no one knew could come out and no one knew could get into the service from April of 2019 to January of 2021. Uh, Trump tweeted that transgender people were a burden on the military and couldn't be allowed to serve in, in any way in uh, the summer of 2017, but it took almost two years through a number of court challenges for that ban to come into place. So it was in place uh, for just about 21 months. Uh, and it was a huge psychological burden uh, for transgender service members to get through that. And one thing I think the stories in the book kind of highlight 
is the resiliency of not just trans people, but trans people in the service and all these things that they've been through yet still want to say, I want to serve. This is a part of me. This is important to me to be able to defend this country that I care so much about um, and to preserve the freedoms and the luxuries that I've been given and have that chance to pay it forward. Thank you. And I know that I can always go to you for an eloquent answer because we do not like to talk politics on this show because politics can be polarizing, but there's a way to talk about politics when it's facts versus opinion. And I know I can always go to you. There's no embellishment either way. It's like, listen, this, these were the facts. This is how long this happened. This is who it happened with. And this is, you know, what was actually publicly stated. And uh, so if anybody is ever interested in just the facts, this is the gal to go to. <laughs> Greatly appreciate it. I do need to give a congratulations. So one of our sisters, Grace Ferris said, she came out to her commander the day that President Biden lifted the ban. Congratulations, Grace, and talk about the impact that that had made for you. Um, because Sandra? Yes? Yeah, what I wanted to ask Bree, I know like, for me when um it was lifted you know that we could come out there was such a lightning of off burden for me that now i can be myself and concentrate on doing a better job than being able to hide that did you feel the same way or do you think now other trans people will be able to feel that way too since now that that's been lifted we can really concentrate solely on our jobs now and then i have to worry about Oh, are they going to find out that I'm trans or something? Yeah, actually, that, that's another topic that'll be in, in book number two. And I think you might see it in this one. And it's something I talk about a lot, how we saw this during the Don't Ask, Don't Tell era. And we saw it again with trans folks. Anytime someone has to spend mental energy protecting their identity, they mm -hmm. can't be their best. They can be good. They can be great, but they are not their best. And when you are allowed to remove that filter that sits in your brain or basically say, shields down, right. you can reach your full potential. And when it's, you don't have to worry about, hey, where was I last week? Am I using the right pronouns for the person uh, I was with? Um, or talking about any of those things. Yeah, you have that freedom to take all that energy you spent protecting and focus <laughs> on the mission, focus right. on the task at hand. Uh, so it's definitely something I felt where coming out made me a better leader, a better commander. Uh, and it's, it's just this incredible ability where people can be their authentic self uh, to let them reach their potential. Yeah, exactly. And I got a lot of uh, accolades from uh, my commanders and all the way up to the general. So I knew that was even a, made it even much more better to be able to be a better leader and stuff like that. So I'm Absolutely. sure others are out there are feeling the same way once they do. Well, and that's that's just it. Look at the two of you on this screen. And so many of, of um, our sisters do represent the military. They're either active service members or veterans. Even coming into the Facebook chat right now and watching along with us, imagine if all of you were not allowed to serve our country where our country would be right now. So you you take away a group of people that is just talented and passionate and, and capable of so many things. The idea of, oh my gosh, Bree, Karen, all of you at home, not being there to protect and to serve our country breaks my heart. And the fact that you could be there, but like Bree says, you're expending that mental energy like a fan or app, just kind of working in the background, draining your power. Oh, so yay for all, all, all our crew, for all of you. Thank you so much for being able to just do your absolute best to protect our freedoms and to be out in, in, in your service. And that's what tonight is about. It's really about acts of service. So thank you so much for everything that you were doing. Bree, do you have any plugs outside of your book uh, for anything else that you were volunteering with that is going on? And then I'll, I'll hit you again, Karen, too, if you have anything outside the Butterfly Project, because I know the two of you are involved in multiple organizations. Is there any other call for volunteers for anything coming up? Uh, nothing in the, the near term, but in the, the following year, 
Uh, it's going to be a big one for trans service as we work with Congress to try and get legislation passed that will protect the opportunity for transgender people to serve in the military uh, and make it so that future administrations can't just flip the light switch with an executive order and put policy back into place that says, nope, trans people can't serve. So there's still this worry that transgender service members have that uh, maybe I will be the last, maybe this will only be two or three years uh, where I can be open and authentic and serve. Uh, so as that type of thing comes up, as, as things uh, get heated in next year's debates uh, over policy, uh, I absolutely encourage people to reach out to your legislators uh, with, with notes of support, or as, as Karen mentioned earlier, if you're financially able, uh, consider donating to organizations like SPARTA uh, or the Modern Military Association of America, the National Center for Transgender Equality. Uh, there's all sorts of great organizations out there, Transgender American Veterans Association, uh, that are gonna be part of this fight uh, and make, make our voices heard. Thank you. That is all great suggestions and all fabulous organizations for people to be out there and connect with. Karen, what about you? Anything on your end outside of the Butterfly Project that people can step up and support? Well, actually two years ago, um, in 2020, I should say, so almost the end of this year, right? Uh, January of 2020, I actually went through a training with the Department of Justice Community Relations Services, where I'm actually teamed up with a law enforcement officer, and we're going around the country and bridging the gap between the transgender community and law enforcement. They are looking for other mentors uh, to be subject matter experts to do some traveling. So the training is, is really good. It's a day training and stuff like that. Um, and before you actually do the uh, training with the officers, uh, which could be, like I said, anywhere in the country, uh, you do do a, like a, a dry run of everything before then. So you're not left alone. They do stick you with somebody that's been through the program um, that understands everything about your part and the law enforcement officer to be able to do these trainings. Um, for me personally, I've got enough leave that I've saved up and and asked for instead of getting uh, money uh, at the end of the year for my performance at my agency, I, I picked the uh, time off award. So that way I can go around the country and use my uh, time off awards to be able to do the training and go elsewhere to do this. So I just went to Portland, Oregon at the end of October and that was really good. But they would like to get people like maybe on the West Coast that can take care of those people out on that side instead of me coming from you know the east coast to the west coast to do the training um and same thing for other regions as well so if you're interested in in being a subject matter expert uh with the department of justice community relations services uh hit me up on at kkhomes at kkhomes.com and i will get you connected with the director for uh crs and then we can take it from there because like i said I enjoy going out there. It's, it's, it's great to be able to see the, the minds and attitudes of these officers that we're teaching and training them on how to use proper pronouns when they make a traffic stop and be involved in the community to be able to, to communicate better with leaders and stuff like that. So definitely um, think about it. Um, and uh, we'll get you connected and DOJ uh, CRS they basically will pay for your travel going out there and you get a per diem and everything so you're not you know doing this all on your own you're actually going to get taken care of and they're working on a situation where uh, they'll be able to pay us expenses to go out there but right now I'm just volunteering with them and and basically a partner with them um, and I'm actually I don't know if I should say this on the air because some other people may see this at my job, but I'm hoping to have some really good news down the road that I can share in regards to the Department of Justice Community Relations Services. So we need you. If you'd like to be able to do some training with law enforcement officers, give me a shout. Well, Karen, good luck with um, that side news. And <laughs> You know, one of this is I'm I really grateful for you both coming on tonight. Uh, one of the reasons 
that I started my feminine heart. My very first uh, trans conference was Keystone in 2012. And I was really floored at seeing the email following the conference that talked about the incredible sense of loss and depression that can happen after living authentically for a few days. And so my feminine heart was designed to not only inspire people to get to a conference as like a conference online, um, but to kind of bridge that gap so that there wasn't that sense of loss and depression as greatly in between people attending conferences and, and support groups that we wanted to have a community going online. I am a firm, firm believer in volunteering. You know, there are so many people that I interact with and I meet in the community who feel depressed, isolated, alone, searching for friends, searching for a purpose. What is the meaning of their life? And to me, the greatest thing that somebody can do to get out of that slump, um, you know, beyond talking to, of course, you know, a, a mental um, health support, a medical professional, any support group they can, you know, step one, I always just think, get out and volunteer, get out of the sadness that you are experiencing on your own. Because when you put your hand out for somebody else, when you take a moment, and you try to support somebody else, you are instantly finding you know, friends and family in this new volunteer group. You're finding a purpose. You are helping others, which helps lift your own spirits. I always think when you're putting yourself out there as an advocate and a volunteer, you get so much more in return. Um, so this has always been one of the biggest themes that we have hit on the show, which is why Karen has been on so many times, because any, any time where I'm like, you know, let's, Let's get people out, you know, pride's over. We need to keep people out, remind them, go out and volunteer, stay involved, get involved. You're seeing from these two people alone, there are so many ways to get out there. There's so many organizations that you can contact. So if you are ever feeling lost or alone, one way is contact your local support group for support, but then ask can you be a part of that support group and support others? So thank you both so much for coming on and sharing the projects that you're working on. You are both such inspirations. I have um, some bookkeeping to do for everybody. So you know it's coming up as we are heading through the holidays. I hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving and uh, we wanna keep everyone busy and socially connected as we slide on through to the new year. So we are going to be live again the next couple of weeks. Next week, we are in Trans Tuesday Live with a different Brie, Brie Sullivan and Juliana Wall, uh, who is chairing first event. So we are going to talk about all things at the first event conference, January of 2022. If you have any questions for these ladies that are running the show, you want to know what's happening, you want the details, next week is all about first event. And then the following week, we have our quarterly book club. So um, hoping that, you know, Brie Frams gets uh, picked for our next book club. But in December, we are going to be discussing Dr. Ann Coach book, um, It Never Goes Away, Gender Transition at a Mature Age. And one of the things that you're going to be seeing is I am not going to be leading that book club discussion. That is going to be led by our beautiful Linda Ann. And one of the things that you're going to be seeing coming up starting in January of 2022 is we are going to be with myself hosting on Trans Tuesday Live less and less. And you're going to be seeing more of our club members taking the lead. And we're going to be having um, more episodes off of our Facebook Live that are workshops and seminars run by our very own club members. So as we're heading into our, our third year and third season, you're gonna be seeing so many more exciting new changes where it's not always going to need me out here. If you saw um, Hannah and Chloe did a fabulous episode a couple weeks ago uh, where they talked about keeping things on the sunny side when you're going through the roller coaster of your authentic journey. 
that is exactly what we are talking about for next year. So um, my what I'd love to see, and our books are always chosen by our club members, it is a voted upon by our group, is we do have some sisters who are in Brie Fran's book. So if her book gets chosen by our book club, not that I'm pushing, um, you know, maybe our sisters who are in the book could be leading the discussion like Linda Ann is going to be leading for us in a couple of weeks. So some really fun, exciting things happening for everybody. If you haven't grabbed your copy of the book yet, if you're one of our new club members, uh, that is your chance to join us on screen. So any club member who has signed a model release and has read the book can join in the Zoom as we stream to Facebook Live and discuss that. And I should mention this Saturday, thank you, Grace Ferris, who has been taking the lead on this. We have a completely club member-led social. So this Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, the girls are going to gather on Zoom for coffee and girl talk. Our club members are creating more socials amongst themselves. This isn't streamed. It's not recorded. It's just a chance for the gals to get together the first Saturday morning of every month to just have coffee and catch up without the big themes and, and everything of our shows on Trans Tuesday. So, so many exciting things happening for our club members. We are so excited the way that you all have helped shaped what my feminine heart started as two years ago and what has become to this day. Uh, one last beautiful shout out. If you haven't gotten your copy yet, you can still get a signed copy of Lieutenant Colonel Bree Fram's book. Her link is in the chat. And if you would like to get on the ground floor of the Butterfly Plot Project, we have the links for everything in the Facebook chat as well. Please reach out to Karen Kendra Holmes. Thank you both so much for your time this evening. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Hey, Cass, real quick, I saw a comment put in by uh, Diane Crow. So Diane, get in touch with me. Um, and I think what you want to do is get in, involved with the project with the Department of Justice Community Relations Services, because I see you said you're, you live in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, I can definitely get you hooked up there. So just uh, send me an email at kkhomes at kkhomes.com. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. So there have been quite the conversations going on. We've got some in the Facebook chat. I have not been able to keep up. We've had some fights for the Army versus the Navy. Um, we've got a strong military following here, so it's been pretty cute to watch. And Louise, uh, send me a Facebook friend request. I've been emailing you. You are one of our new members, so congratulations. Uh, just reach out to me on Facebook and I can chat you through this. But thank you all for joining us. We love you. Have a beautiful evening and we will see you next week, Trans Tuesday Live, right here on Facebook to talk about First Event 2022. Good night, everybody. Bye. <laughs>